A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Chris Godwin gets a new number, and Tom Brady is still TB12. What did Godwin say in defense of Jameis Winston and all his interceptions? And with the Bucks in win-now mode, do you see them trading a future pick or picks to help with this year's rosters? And what are football players and athletes doing right now to help them stay in shape during the social distancing? We've got all that and your mailbag questions answered 100% correctly on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Uh, Steve, the long national Nightmare is over, apparently. We Breaking can go, we news. We can go back to school. We can go back to socializing. We can – social distancing's <laughs> done. Is that what you're telling me? No. We'll save, we'll, we'll save that national nightmare for later. Um, this is the one – I probably should have said Tampa Bay's national, I mean, maybe even in New England. Uh, Tom Brady's going to wear number 12. Yes, it's true. Ooh, I was worried. I know. Big sigh of relief. <laughs> Big – I know there were gnashing of teeth going on now for weeks. It took it took some time. Let's let's. They didn't just you know this wasn't something that they could get done in a few days or seconds or hours. Well, they couldn't get uh, together but, and hash it out, so they had to do this on you know FaceTime or Skype or something. Well, they had they had FaceTimed a couple of times, and yeah. the fact that this this news had not broke was was making everybody um, a little a Twitter on Twitter. Uh, so, uh, but the the Bucks did post it. Uh, and they did reveal it in their own Buccaneer.com way, and that is that uh, Tom Brady is, is in fact, still TB12, which I'm sure, you know, his his company, TB12, is very excited about maintaining their, their trademark, TB and TB, TB12 and TB, whatever. Uh, and, then, uh, and then Godwin now is going to wear uh, jersey number 14. So if you're keeping score at home, uh, here's how your roster goes left to right. At quarterback number 12, Tom Brady at wide receiver number 13 Mike Evans and at wide receiver number 14 Chris Godwin so they're all kind of lined up there see they missed an opportunity they could have waited to unveil the Brady 12 jersey at the jersey announcement yes online whatever they're yes do. they could have brilliant. held it till then brilliant and they and they, and they have a Brady twelve and that, that and then a Godwin fourteen. That's yeah. the way you do it, right? Yeah, because you know you could have made it kind of a you know will he give it up kind of you know almost right. a game show type right. online that no one can that's right attend, but you could watch. Place your bets now. Vegas would have had a book on it. It would have been great. But listen, I mean, there was a ninety nine point nine 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 chance that he was going to give it up, and quite frankly, it wasn't even his to give up. Last time I checked, that uniform yeah. belongs to the Buccaneers anyway. Well, but, but um, look, if you're Chris Godwin and you don't give it up, how many balls do you think you're getting thrown this year? <laughs> oh, you might get a couple thrown at the back of your <laughs> yeah, head. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure you're going to get any that you can catch. Um, but, yeah, he's now, he's no dummy. And, and, and quite frankly, he, he knows he's the GOAT and he respects him. And, hey, in a year or two or maybe three, he can get it back uh, if Tom Brady ever decides to uh, ride off into the sunset. But – I don't know that he will, but anyway, that's that's been one that's uh, been bugging people. Um, and and as to what 
you know, the the official word is that that uh, Godwin did not ask for, nor did he require, uh, nor did he receive any kind of compensation um, yet. That this was a good faith, you know, out of respect gesture. I got news for you. TB12 is going to give him a year's supply of avocado ice cream. No, um, he's <laughs> he's probably he's probably going to wind up donating something somewhere uh, to his to uh, he does a lot of stuff uh, with strays and stray animals and things like that. I mean, I don't know what they'll work out. It could be anything. Um, you know, dinner at dinner at uh, Capital Grill. I, I think I think Brady's good but, for it. Oh yeah, he's fine. He's <laughs> He's 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 comfortable. It's like that. It's like that scene in Training Day we always do. It's like uh, when they dig up when they shoot that guy and they dig up all the the millions of dollars in his in his kitchen after they take the saw to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the young rookie cop is there and they start pulling out you know bundles of two hundred fifty thousand dollar bundles or whatever. He goes, "Are you comfortable? Oh yeah, I'm comfortable. I'm real comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Are you comfortable? Oh yeah, I'm comfortable. Let me, well, I'll hold that for you then until you're comfortable. Um, so yeah, so TB12 is TB12 in TB. And, uh, thank goodness, man. That was, uh, next, next to when we're all going to be able to leave the house. That was the, that was the big question that was weighing heavily on the minds of people in Tampa Bay. So Godwin has been, by the way, has been in the news a lot lately. He's gotten a lot of pub in, in, in no small favor because like all of us, I mean, Tom Brady is the gift that keeps giving, right? So Everybody from ESPN, NFL Network, CNN, ABC, NBC, I mean, you name it, the alphabet cartels wanted to talk to Godwin about, you know, catching the potential catching passes from Brady, what he thought about Brady coming in. And, oh, yeah, by the way, what about this whole number thing? And, and of course, he would always defer and say, well, you know, we haven't really talked about it. Now they have. Um, but the other thing that he was asked about on a couple of different uh, platforms, uh, not mine, but a couple others, uh, was whether or not uh, now what what he thought of Jameis Winston just in general, and and in particular, uh, sort of like you know how many like you know were were all those turnovers those those thirty interceptions were those those mostly on Jameis or those all on Jameis or and what I'm going to paraphrase here a little bit but in essence he said that um, that he probably took more than his fair share of criticism for for throws that that you know the turnovers weren't all on him and in fact at one point Steve didn't he say that uh, probably about half were I believe the quote was the, half yeah. the quote was I would say half of them were because of a bad read on someone else's part a bad read now that's that's fairly broad that could be a wide receiver in an option route um, that could be uh, uh, maybe a, a line shift that uh, somebody doesn't get blocked and he has to hurry with the ball or something to that nature. Half seems a little large to me. Um, there's been studies, you know, and it. And first of all, unless you know, you don't know, okay? Unless you were in the huddle, heard the play call, and knew, you know, what the X, Y, and Z receiver were supposed to do against a specific defense that then either rotated in or out of the coverage that it was supposed to be playing – I mean, it's impossible. There's so many variables to know uh, in terms of, you know, how do you assign blame, right? I mean, it's kind of like when you get in a car accident, you know. If only this was the XFL, we would have had access to all that. (laughs) That's right. Um, But, yeah, that's right. We had a conversation on the sideline. Hey, man, 
But a lot of times well, those you conversations. Had the coaches. You had the coaches in their headset telling them which play to call and the defense well, as well. that's true. So we would know. But you would, you would know what the play call was, right? You'd be able to do that. But you still wouldn't know. It's a little right. like when you get in an accident and then you call the insurance company and say, hey, man, this dude or, or a woman kind of plowed into me and now I got a big dent in my car and they were at fault. Um, and I'm calling to tell you that, you know, uh, my car's out of service. I need a rental, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm making a claim against your against your insured motorist. And the first thing they do is go, okay, we'll get back to you. We're going to investigate and see how much you were responsible to contribute to the accident. You're like, wait a minute. I just told you your, your insured motorist ran into me. No, 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 no. We'll determine what percentage you might have had, you know. So mm-hmm. my point is there's there's all kinds of blame that's assigned to any given play, right? Nothing's perfect. Um, if it was perfect, then somebody other than the New England Patriots would have won all those Super Bowls. But I, I get what, you know, there, there's a couple layers of this. Like, one, what was he going to say, right? Oh, no, Jameis has been one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks in the history of the league since he came in there. Since You can look it up. It's definitely on him. I mean, he wasn't going to say that, right? Um, it's He's his friend. He likes him. And and there is truth to it. I don't know about half. Okay, half I I don't know. Um, but but certainly and, and and here's here's the part that gets me every time that I keep. It's like a it's like a broken record, right? You come you you go in these debates with these folks about Jameis and his turnovers, Jameis and his interceptions, et cetera. And it always comes down to yeah, but they weren't all his fault. Well, show me the quarterback who is it to fault one hundred percent in the league. Show me that guy because you know what? Every quarterback has guys run bad routes, and every quarterback has guys that miss blocks or blitz pickups, right? I mean, it just happens. They make reads. The, the, the receivers, you know, don't read the defense or where the leverage is, and they go the wrong way. So, I mean, apples to apples here. These are the greatest athletes in the world playing football anyway, and they're all playing in the same league some have more talent on their team than others, but nonetheless, every quarterback can say that at times. So, you know, for a guy to throw 30, okay, uh, and lose five fumbles and have 120 points scored, those all can't be 50-50. You just can't convince me. And, and, and maybe you could convince me if there weren't four years before that where he turned the ball over two. You know what I'm saying? And when I when I talk to coaches or you talk to other people, it's usually it comes down to bad decisions. You know, no doubt that that in uh, London, for example, Mike Evans had a terrible game. He'll be the first to tell you I played awful. You know, I I you know didn't come back to the ball a couple of times. I, I you know didn't run a very good route. I rounded this off or I did this or that. But at the end of the day, there were six turnovers, six, and and and. You know, Arian stood up there and called him out like Santa's reindeer. I mean, he was like, you know, on Clayton, on Godwin, on you know. I mean, it was, it was on everybody. Um, but there were a few on Jameis that day, and he said if it happened again, he would be concerned. And we said concerned, and how concerned? And he said, well, very concerned. And so, it did happen, and it happened again, and then then it stopped happening. And you know, it, it just comes down to what the Bucks thought right, would give them the best chance to win this year. And when they sat down and they looked at all their free agent quarterbacks that might be available, that could be available, that may be available through a trade, 
They sat down. They did studies on all of them, from from Tom Brady to Philip Rivers to Teddy Bridgewater and and you know Derek Carr potential trade and Andy Dalton, all these guys, Cam Newton, and yes, they did Jameis Winston too. And you know what? According to Arians, Jameis Winston was third on that list. The first was the goat. Fair enough. He's the goat. If you could get Tom Brady to come out of New England, that sounds like a plan. Even though he's forty three, he's still. The, the tape says he's playing pretty well. And then number two, number two, folks, was Teddy Bridgewater. Okay? And not only was he number two on the Bucks list, he was number one probably, or no worse than number two, on Carolina's list because they ended up signing the guy. Okay? So where was Jameis ranked on the other 31 teams is what I'm trying to figure out. If all these interceptions, do they not have tape too? Do they not? Can they not look at film as professional evaluators and say, "Hey, let's put on the Jameis Winston reel. Let's look at his first ten throws that are intercepted. Now let's look at his second ten. Oh, let's look at the seventy-eight in between that he threw, or the sixty-eight in between he threw in the in the other four years. They've looked at everything, okay? And what they've decided is, at least right now, they don't see him as a starting quarterback." I mean, show me the starting job that he's going to win. And, you know, we had people like Mike Mike Clayton, who I, I like Mike. I'm on with him every Sunday. I covered the guy. I like the guy a lot. He's a good dude. Um, you know, he played he played hard. He played the game the right way. Um, you know, could have caught a few more passes, but he, but he played the game the right way. He went on to New York and he won a, won a Super Bowl there. He was a national champion at LSU. But Mike has, how, <laughs> Mike has always had this thing. And I can't get past it. It's kind of funny. But if you hear us on the Sunday shows before the game, Mike is always like, Rick, I need to know. And then he'll start asking these questions. And it always comes back to the media drives the narrative. But the media, the media drives the narrative. And so he he got on this thing on Twitter defending uh, Winston, which is his his right to do. I have no problem with that. And look, I'm not – this. This is not. This truly is not personal with me. I could care less, uh, in some respects, whether they had Tom Brady or Bridgewater. I got to cover both of them, or Jameis Winston, who I covered for five years. Um, but you know, he he got on this thing where, first of all, this word is going around with respect to Jameis about how he's been quote crucified, and I don't know that that's the best word to use around Easter, but that's what they're saying. Okay, um, and. You know, all I know is that he was paid to do a job, and he was paid handsomely for five years. In fact, his last year, he got paid $21 million, okay? $21 million, and they won seven games. And he played hurt, and he played hard, and he did everything he knew how to do to try to win more than seven, and he won seven. And the last two, he had plenty of help uh, throwing throwing those games away. There's no doubt about that. Matt Gay missed, you know, three field goals in, in the final game. But the, we all know that his walk-off was the overtime pick six that he's throwing a hitch route to Cameron Brait. It's late. He stares at the guy. Uh, Lewis, the, I think it was the Atlanta Falcons linebacker, picks it off and walks in the end zone, and the season is over. Career is over. And that's why Jameis Winston is not the first choice of the Buccaneers. That and the fact that Tom Brady was – or that Teddy Bridgewater was available, okay? To sit here and go, this is the media's creation, is to ignore all five seasons and three head coaches, by the way, two of which were fired, okay? 
two of which one guy drafted him, okay, and he got fired after one year. The other guy was his offensive coordinator, and uh, one year with Jameis, two years overall. The other guy was his offensive coordinator, who then became head coach and was the only only system, only coordinator he had for three of those seasons, okay, until Arians came in. And when Arians came in, he cleared the deck for Jameis. He said, we're not going to have him look over his shoulder. We don't want a competitive backup. This is Jameis Winston's team. Um, I don't care what he did the previous four years, which was a lie, by the way. And, you know, um, we're we're riding this guy. We're going to ride or die. Well, they didn't. They didn't. They died. They didn't get in the playoffs for the fifth straight year. And, you know, they would have made it Jameis' second year if the 14-team playoffs were available like they are today. But they're not, and they didn't. And so he's moving on, and I, I don't. I don't know why there's a segment of, of fans out there that are consistently thinking that, you know, I've heard things like, uh, you know, they hated Jam media hated Jameis, they crucified, like, this is, this is nonsense. I work in that room. I've covered a lot of quarterbacks. There's nothing personal between any of us, least of all me and Jameis Winston. I, I, think he's taking some bad advice at times based on some of the things that I'm seeing posted by people that pretend to help him or be in his camp or represent him. I don't think it's helping him at all. Um, but, you know, as and I, I went back on Twitter, you know, it's all there. You can read it with uh, with Mike Clayton. Um, I don't know. It, it's at some point, I guess when he gets his next job, you know, um, then then that media can decide whether or not to be fair, but regardless, nobody nobody has ever asked me. I think we documented this. They, the only one they asked was was uh, was Ira Kaufman whether whether Mike Allstott should get the, get the ball or not. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah you told that story yesterday on the podcast. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Speaking of stories, though, I didn't tell you. And now you know. Remember Paul Harvey, the old the old radio guy. And yes, now you nice. know the rest. The rest Page of two? the story. Page two. Now you know the rest of the story from Chicago. Um, so that, on that particular night, when um, when Gruden was uh, celebrating, I guess, or at Champs, or maybe it's just a Friday night for him, and had the chicken wings and the beer, and he was he was in good mood and buying everybody beer. I forgot to tell you, Steve Spurrier was there that night. Really? And the most the most bizarre exchange occurred between, and they both of them were overserved. Okay, like they 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 definitely. Um, it wasn't their fault, but the the cups had leaks or whatever. But they both were they both were into a few beers, and they kept it was like they kept eyeballing each other. Now here's Spurrier, um, who had just completed his first year in the NFL as a Redskins coach, longtime Buck, right? Could have had the job, was offered the job before Tony Dungy turned it down, um, but he, he tried his hand at the NFL. Uh, ultimately, it didn't work, but that first year. Um, John in 2002 won won the Super Bowl, and so there's Gruden, a, a fairly si- sizable ego of his own, and they're kind of they're kind of staring at each other across the room, and then finally Spurrier approaches Gruden, you know, because everybody had to sort of give their congratulations. I mean, the guy won a Super Bowl; that's what you do at the combine, and uh, so I I witnessed this exchange. It was so bizarre. But it was so it was so Spurrier and so Gruden at the same time. So Spurrier walks up and they had played in the preseason, uh, preseason, right? Like I think it was the second, maybe the maybe it wasn't the game where all the starters stay in. 
the second or fourth game, something like that. And the Redskins just pounded them. Probably in no small part that, you know, Spurrier was was a big Buck fan and quarterback the Bucks and, you know, could have coached the Bucks, but probably like like the idea of putting them on them a little bit. But they must I think they hung like forty two in a preseason game on, on the Bucks. Now the Bucks went on, of course, and won the won that won it all, right? Won the Super Bowl, won won when it counted. But Spur Spur comes up to John and he goes, Hey, yeah, crowd's license win Super Bowl. Bucks did a good job, win Super Bowl and all that stuff. And Gruden's like, Yeah, how you doing, man? Thanks a lot, you know. And then it lapses into Neverland. All of a sudden Spur goes, Yeah, I I figured that uh, you know, we kinda of put it on you there in August and hung forty two on you probably Got you all fired up, and after that, you guys are on your way. It's like, wait, what? And, like, John just looked at him like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. And and so and it just ended. But it was Spurrier saying, in essence, that and he might have been kidding, but I, it didn't come out that way. And it doesn't sound like – it sounded like he kind of meant it. Like, yeah, we – did he just take credit for you winning the Super Bowl? Like – did I just witness that? Well, he, he claimed um, the AAF championship, so maybe he was claiming the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we've never lost a Super Bowl champ, so, yeah, just wanted you to know that. But, yeah, it was so good. It was, the two of those, though, man, what a room. What a night, as they say. <laughs> anyway. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So we've got questions, and uh, hopefully we've got a few answers, too, in our mailbag segment today, and we'll probably have to now carry it over till tomorrow because we have so many good questions. Well, let's get started. We do, and we'll start with uh, Jeff, who had a kind of lighthearted comment for us, but he says, so the NFL now gives Game Pass away for free. The available games only go back to 2011. It's sad to say I can't think of one Buccaneers game I'd voluntarily rewatch during that period. Hmm. Hmm. 2011. Let me think. Was there anything that happened in 2011, 2013, 2014? <laughs> I'm just, I'm reeling through, reeling through the years, as they say in, in the band Chicago. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Uh, no. Well, they did have a winning season in 2016. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. What were the great games? Games well, you, you got would the Fitzmagic Magic games. What about the Fitz Magic games? Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, if you're going to exclude in, which I, I will say this, that nor the, the the best, the funniest game, the best game, uh, just in terms of, of uh, it's just kind of like bizarro land, was, you know, they start the season two years ago and Fitz Magic upsets the Saints in New Orleans, which was an incredible game, by the way. I mean, it's like he hits the first three bombs he throws and – and and yet Breeze came roaring back, and if not for uh, Fitzpatrick scrambling for twelve yards on third down to end the game with a with a first down run, uh, the defense probably gives that up in the two point conversion and they're in overtime and they lose. But th- and then and then the game after that was the whole um, 
you know, this is my chest hair game, was, was when Fitzpatrick played the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles come to Raymond James, and he throws for 404 touchdowns again, right? Back to back, right? He's player of the week two weeks in a row. I mean, the, the guy's going to be player of the year if he keeps this up. He may go to the Hall of Fame, but 400 yards in both games with four touchdowns, and that was the one where he comes in after the game and he puts on all of uh, Deshaun Jackson's jewelry and the leather coat and it's open, you know, and, and all of that. And he goes in character and, uh, and he starts saying stuff like, uh, no, you just can't change. You got to be yourself, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, they go, hey, is any of this yours? He goes, oh, the chest hair is mine. Um, that was funny. That was really funny. I, I would say, you know, there's been some entertaining games. I'll tell you what, if you, uh, just last year, if you and there were some turnovers in it, but other than the sloppiness of it, but uh, I thought that Rams game was really entertaining last year in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. I mean, they were that made them two and yeah. two, and they should have the week before. Of course, they missed the field goal. They should have beaten the Giants. That was a, mm-hmm. a numbing defeat. But they went out there, and the Rams were three and zero. Yep, coming off thirteen and three in a Super Bowl appearance, right? Yep. And it was a beautiful day, and it's at you know fabled uh, the Coliseum. All that history, right? And Rojo was feeling his, himself being back in his college stadium. And um, Jameis and, and them got off to a pretty good start. Then, then Jameis threw a late interception, and it got a little tight there for a while. But it was like they scored 55 against them. They hung yeah. double nickel on them, I believe. Um, and uh, then, you know, Dominican Sue sealed it with a scoop sack uh, score, you know, scoop fumble score. Um, that was that was a really entertaining mm-hmm. game, now, and this, at that point, the, the Seattle season, game, which was a loss, even was very terrific. I mean, they, game. they outplayed terrific Seattle really. Game. Yes, yes, and James should have won. Probably his best game. Yeah, in fact, if, if they win the coin toss, James takes them down and they score and they win the game. It was going to be whoever had the ball, him or Russell Wilson. So, um, that, that was a great one. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, there's been come on now. I mean, not a lot of great games since two. I mean, they did. You know, remember now, 2016, they won five in a row. They haven't done that but uh, two other times in the history of the franchise. So they were on a roll there. There were some good games in there. They went on the road, and they, they beat Phillip Rivers in San Diego when they were still the San Diego Chargers. That's how long ago it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, they won some exciting games at home, like I think some NFC South games. So, yeah, there was, uh, there's been some good ones. All right, John asked, Dr. Fauci, for the first time, mentioned a second wave of coronavirus in the fall what he thinks will be a much better outcome. But social distancing will still be a factor. Is a crowd-free NFL season even possible? And could you ever imagine a season where teams play home games away from the virus hotspots and have their seasons on neutral sites, kind of like the Saints after Katrina? Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, yeah, there, first of all, with the crowd-free stuff, I absolutely could see them doing that. Because remember, um, the biggest thing about sports is – the revenue comes from television and as much as you'd love to sell all your tickets and your sky suites and all the bells and whistles and the, the amount of money that people pay for those amenities, um, the big money, the money that, that pays the salaries of all your players and puts most of it in your, in your uh, piggy bank is, is from television. So uh, above all else, they need a season that they can televise. Now, um, what does that look like? Okay. Um, if you can't have a crowd, which is, is possible, uh, if there's hot spots, uh, you know, and you can't say, for example, the New York teams can't play at home. Um, I, I mean, I suppose I could see, uh, what, what the NBA is talking about and what, um, you've heard about it in other sports is having sort of a centralized location, you know, where all the teams 
um, are, you know, are, are monitored or checked that they, you know, make given tests that they don't have the coronavirus. The problem, the problem with this whole thing, but it gets scary when you think about the season and, and the ramifications is with football, um, it's the number of, of people around the team, right? It's, it's the, obviously the players, which can be damn near 70 when you add the practice squad. Then the coaches, there's about, what, 40 of them on the Bucks staff. Then the, then the equipment staff and then the trainers. And then you have officials and referees on the field that you got to worry about. So how many of those people, one, three, four, what happens if they're infected? What, and everybody else is asymptomatic. In other words, they may, be, they may have the virus, and how often are you going to test them? They may have no symptoms at all, but they could be able to spread. I mean, there are so many, like, scary, we just don't really knows. But I'll say this. I, a lot of people a lot smarter than me thinks that um, it is possible that you could have a season that's, that's crowd-free or that uh, if it's not crowd-free, maybe it's sky suite only. You know what I mean? And maybe, maybe if, you, if you have a club area that you invite your own people and limit it to eight in such a square footage that you could do that or six or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I, I think, look, I, I've said this. I think this is going to change our lives the way 911 changed, changed air travel um, and, and changed how we go into stadiums now where we got to go through metal detectors. Uh, they're going to take your temperature somewhere, whether it's at the airport. You're going to have to prove you're healthy, and uh, there's going to be distancing and 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 who knows what else comes with that? But I, I think it's I think here's what I think is most unlikely is that the NFL season looks like all the others. Now, I don't think 2021 or 2020, if they play it, is going to look like any other NFL season you've ever been a part of. And and what what form that takes, none of us know because we don't know what parts of the United States are going to be infected. We don't know when we're going to be all back able to uh, you know relive our lives or or some semblance of what it was in the in, in the past until we have a vaccine until you know they're talking December maybe pushing it November uh, January I mean by that time the NFL season is supposed to be gone supposed to be done um, so there, there's a lot of things in in that whole you know Chinese basketball league uh, situation where they came back and thought they were going to be able to play and now they've they've pulled back again um, because of some some uh, infections and have moved it even further down the road. So uh, none of this is good. We're all, we're all flying blind here. We're all in the fog and um, we'll all have to figure it out somehow. But I, I do think it's going to be unlike any season we've ever, ever seen before. All right. Well, Mike asks us in, in those regards, what are the athletes able to do to stay in shape? If the OTAs and mini camps get wiped out, what can Tom Brady do to get the timing down with his new receivers? Well, it's going to be really hard. I, I, you know, that's the biggest thing. Uh, again, going back, to, I had this uh, chat with Joe Montana. It's, it's, it's when you change teams, even if you knew the offense and Tom does not, um, you don't know the players and you haven't been on the grass with them and you don't know their body languages. It's a little like basketball in a fast break. You know, you kind of, you play with somebody long enough, you can kind of read when they're going to go to the hole, when they're going to go back door, when they're going to, you know, whether to lob the ball, whether to, bounce pad. I mean, you kind of get a feel for their body language and Brady doesn't have that. And, and it's going to, it's going to be something that's, that's important because the only way you can really establish it, I mean, this isn't NASCAR where you can hop into a simulator uh, and put on a track of Pocono and, and, you know, pretty much 
practice what, what you're going to see on race day. Um, you can't, you can't play Madden. Um, you know what I mean? You, there's, there's no, there's no way to really understand what Mike Evans is about and where to throw the ball until you're on the grass. Now I will say this, as soon as that air travel is safe, and I know there are people traveling now, but I mean, we're all supposed to be, you know, essential workers only once they open that up to the general public with whatever restrictions they have, or even, even maybe before that, um, you know, what I think Brady will do is he'll convene a passing camp and he will have as many of the players that can participate fly up there, whether he pays for it or they get their own jets or whatever, private, whatever. Uh, and that'll probably be in Montana, um, you know, near Big Sky where he has where he has property and, and it, he's done those passing camps before. And he's going to do that as, as soon as they say go. Um, but, you know, it, it's not like it should be where next week they'd be starting the off-season workout program. He's had to use FaceTime. He's had to use different apps to um, to call guys multiple times. And not just about the offense, but get to know them as people, you know, get to talk to them about their, their past. The interesting thing is that some of these guys, I mean, it's it's possible next year if they drafted somebody that was a wide receiver or a tight end, and that was about 20, 21 years old, that that person was born the year that Tom Brady began his NFL career, right? I mean, that's 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 generational, man. I mean, so, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a process, and it's going to be something that, that you know, Brady is, is going to have to uh, have to find a way to get and, and, and play with those guys. As for, as for guys staying in shape, it's really hard because it's a factor. Right now they'd be lifting weights, heavyweights, trying to bulk up a little bit in certain positions. They can't do that. They can't use the facility. All the gyms are closed. Like a lot of guys, when they can't get in the facility, they would go to you know, some of these gyms, um, and you can't go to one now. So some of them have – you know, sort of weight facilities or training rooms in their house if they're lucky enough and invested enough in that equipment. And some have nothing. Um, and, you know, I'm sure the Bucks have given all these guys, you know, sort of an off-season workout program to try to do. But, uh, like, for example, I was talking to a player the other day, um, and I'm going to write a story about this in the Tampa Bay Times. You can read in a couple of days on tempe.com. But, um, you know, it was – he tried to go to a park. He got kicked out of the park. He tried to go to a high school. They kicked him out of the high school. And he virtually is using a patch of grass in front of his house to set up cone drills for himself, you know. And it's got a couple cowbells and a couple bar, uh, you know, barbells, and, and that's it. It's like it's like high school. You, you're grinding. You don't know what you're doing necessarily, or you're trying to, you know, you're trying to work on specific things. But for the most part, you're just trying to make do with what you can do. And it it's definitely every team has this problem and every player has to find his own way um, to be ready when they say you go. Hey, because we couldn't get to you all your questions and they were really good, we've got more of your mailbag tomorrow on the podcast. And then on Friday, Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times, uh, who has talked a lot about recently about the business of sports and what Tampa Bay lost uh, when all those events uh, left here, of course, the St. Pete Grand Prix, uh, they may end their season in St. Petersburg. That's yet to come. We'll discuss that with him on uh, on Friday's podcast. So for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hey. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 